Get more with Stein. When it comes to soybean breeding, more generations equals additional yield. 2.2% more yield per generation. By introducing more new genetics faster than any other seed company, Stein delivers on the Stein has yield promise. For elite genetics paired with simple, flexible, and effective weed control, plant Stein Enlist E3 soybeans. Stein has yield. Yield plus advantage. Learn more at steinseed.com. Yes, indeed. Caravan Central Wisdom Hour number eight. I am Steve Witchell coming to you live from New Orleans, Louisiana. And I'm Tony Biner coming to you live from rainy New Jersey. It's rainy here, too, dude. It's been rainy all weekend, most weekend. <laughs> yeah, it rained up here yesterday, most of the day, and again today. It was rainy on Friday. We had a couple good days in there, though. Saturday was nice, Sunday was nice. That's cool. I played at the the swamp last night, which is uh, an appropriate name when it's pouring rain. That place, <laughs> yeah. that place collects a lot of water. <laughs> I'm sure it does, but at least the stage is elevated. Yes, that is true. Um, join us. I I always have to make sure this is shared on the page and and make sh and change this uh, change the wording here that. Spreaker defaults to and change something so it's a little more compelling. There we go. And then I will share it on the Coverband Central group so people can join us live and comment on our silliness and also ask questions if they like or just say hello. That's all good. Um, so hello, my friend. How was your weekend? I know you had a couple of gigs. Yeah. No, my weekend was great. I had... Uh... I had gig on Saturday and gig on Sunday. Um, Saturday night, Sunday night. Saturday was a private party on this beautiful farm estate, uh, 50th birthday party for Bob. Big wow. shout out to Bob on his 50th there. Nice. And they, you know, again, always a pleasure when you play a party like that where they have a, a stage. You know, they had... Uh, party company come and set up two tents, one big tent for people and, and food and stuff, and then another uh, just as big tent for uh, the band with an awesome 16 by 20 stage. Uh, plenty of room. Great, you know, great time. Uh, and then Sunday, I had wedding uh, down in Spring Lake at the Breakers. And again, another great, you know, beautiful venue on the ocean, uh, oh. cocktail hour outside, uh, on the veranda, lots of food, beverages, about 200 people. Uh, and, you know, staff, maitre d', everyone really cool, gracious, um, really good times. So I had a great weekend, back-to-back uh, -back gigs playing. How about you? That's awesome. Um, I had a, a different kind of weekend. I played... Um in the last week, I played five gigs, but um, I took Saturday off to go to a party, which was um, a, a also, ironically, another 50th birthday party. But it was um, my singer uh, in one of the bands, uh, this girl, Tracy, um, 
threw herself a party um, at her house on Saturday night, and I took the night off to go to that, as did many of my other bandmates that play with Tracy. And uh, a lot of her family was there, a lot of friends, and it was really cool to just hang with those same people, a lot of those same people outside of quote-unquote work, um, and just, uh, you know, just hang out. So uh, that's something that we don't get to do rarely. Uh, we don't, we rarely do, um, if ever. Um, so that was really cool. It was nice to just break it up, you know, take Saturday night off as much as I Isn't was that interesting how you play with people in the band, you know, like night after night, but yet when you have free time, you don't really see them or hang with them that often. Yeah. I, and I suppose that's true for you too, but especially for me, since I see these people so often anyway, um, you know, several times a week just playing, but yeah. Um, I guess I think probably with you, it's because everybody has their family commitments and other jobs and, and, uh, and just distance, uh, where you live, the distance apart. Right. Yeah. Life is just busy outside of outside of music. Right. Especially in Jersey, man, too. It's just like, if you're going to go do something with somebody, it's a big deal in Jersey. You know, if, if there's a distance travel to travel, you know, you have to rearrange all sorts of things and allow for time and it's a it's a you know it's a big yeah, it takes a little bit of planning yeah um so um so I, I but i was i ended up playing five nights anyway because uh the other bass player that plays at the swamp asked me to cover for him last night um so i played on monday night whereas usually i will have monday night off and um it was very very rainy last night uh you know pouring buckets when I went in and it kind of slowed down a little bit, but not a lot of people out probably because of the weather and because of the holiday itself here in New Orleans. Memorial day is not a time when people hang out in the French quarter really. Right. Right. Um, so we had a short night, um, but it was still cool. Um, Sunday night was fantastic. We, we do, um, we, we do several sets a night at the swamp and we usually um, do a couple in a row and a set is timed 45 minutes. Um, so we'll generally do a double, um, which would be an hour and a half and then take a break. And then typically at the swamp, we'll come back and do another two and maybe three sometimes. Um, if it's a really good night, Sunday night, we did a double, took a half hour break, came back and did four sets in a row. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we did six sets for the night. And uh, yeah, it was just, it was busy. We were picking the right songs, I think, at the right time. And we got that right, that crowd in that was really digging what we were doing. So they were sticking around. And uh, if there's people in the room, they're spending money and they're having a good time, we'll just keep rolling, rolling sets. It's, it's a management decision. It's, it's, uh, that and the, the drummer of our band there is also part of management, so he has a say in it. Um, but yeah, that's very rare there that we do six sets. Um, I think I've done it maybe three or four other times in the last three years. So that was cool. That was really cool. Wow, there's a three-hour marathon set at the end. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly three hours of on stage, nonstop rock and roll. Actually, not all rock and roll, but nonstop music. Yeah, good times. Yeah, and we end up um, repeating songs often, um, especially now in that situation, because we have, uh, that night, Sunday night, we had um, our regular singer was off, so we had a, a sub uh, female 
who has worked with us before. Um, and she's, she's, uh, she works elsewhere on the street too. Um, really good. And, um, then one of our other singers who is still relatively new, he's been with the band for a month or so. Um, so, uh, the, the material that they know collectively that we all know collectively is, isn't as, uh, as big as we would like it to be. So we end up repeating songs, but that's not the only reason, um, we will we'll repeat some songs that just work and the crowd rotates kind of throughout the night. So you're still playing it to a whole bunch of new people. Um, the next time you play it. So there was a, a couple songs we played three times that night. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so interesting because the room turns over, like you said, so often so that it's fresh for the next crowd. You oh know? yeah. Yeah. We could or do, we, we, we could literally do a, an hour of music and then just repeat that same hour of music. We could do that all the time. Yeah. But uh, we try to keep it a little bit more interesting for ourselves anyway. Hey, so let me ask you, when you played on Monday night, when you filled in, was it with anybody else in the band that you knew? Or were you it, it, sitting cold with a different band? It was this. It was at the, the Swamp, so it was the same exact lineup as Sunday night. Oh, cool. Yeah, so two nights in a row had the same exact lineup with the same sub-female uh, singer and and the other male singer and um, same guitar player, same drummer, everything. Um, but yeah, um, vastly different in crowd size and weather <laughs> and the weather affected, you know, we're playing indoors, but the weather still is a factor big time for us. If it's pouring rain, people just aren't walking around on the street. Yeah, no, it's diff definitely a different environment, but it can work to our benefit sometimes. Um, if it's pouring rain uh, outside and people are already inside, then they're not going to leave. So that works to our advantage. Because the uh, nature lending a hand. Yes. Um. So, uh, yeah, that was my big thing for uh, for the last week. Tonight is my only night off, and then back to it tomorrow, and then five nights in a row. And you still have the sub the rest of this week, or that was just over the weekend? Just it was just for the two nights, um, because our regular singer was Tracy, and she took off. Uh, post her party and um, she still has family in town so she wanted to hang with them and uh, you know take some time to herself which is great it's good for cool. you it's good for your head it's good for your soul oh yeah um, so uh, yeah that's it um, what uh, what else is new in the way so oh yeah so we need to talk about the Behringer um, now that you've used it again right for two gigs right yeah We've used it a couple times now. This is third gig with it because we use it uh, previously and then back to back this weekend. And um, it behaves pretty much pretty similarly uh, indoors or out because we used it outside for two gigs and then we played with the wedding on Sunday inside with it. And um, no, it works great. You know, the in ears uh, are definitely starting to make their way around the band. You know, Shuli uh, played, you know, our, our singer, she used them uh, the last two gigs. And, you know, she's a fan immediately of just the clarity and, and the presence of it and the controllability of everything. So, um, and I've also noticed that even outdoors, you know, that it, the board itself has a ton of headroom. It's crystal clear. It's loud. Uh, and the sub is definitely you know, thumping. So the preamps in that Behringer are uh, outstanding. So, so far, uh, thumbs up across the board. Very no pun cool. intended. 
<laughs> I love having a good sub, man, as a bass player. I love having a good sub where I can I feel the bass and feel no the doubt. kick. <laughs> and especially outdoors is a testament to you know how powerful the system is or how much headroom it has, you know, because it's, it's deceiving indoors because of the volume, you know. But outside, uh, it definitely carries and it's clear. So, uh, it was like I said, it was a great, great weekend of gigs. Uh, I really enjoyed it. And now getting the the um, the in ears dialed in, like you know, you get your mix up and running, and you're you're ready to go. That's awesome. I wish I could. Uh, I have. I'm not using in ears anymore at Crazy Corner um, because we have a sound man that's uh relatively new to the room he's a veteran of the street but he's new to the room kind of and uh we just haven't gotten it really set up it's kind of a cluster f over there of wires and dust and stuff beer stains um so uh we'll get it eventually i really prefer it you know i've been saying this every time we talk about it but i really prefer in ears over the room sound yeah, there's a lot to be said for both, you know? I mean, for vocals, it's, it's there's no comparison because you can hear everything crystal clear, you know, and, and right up front. But, um, you know, I, I don't mind playing in the open air if, if the, you have a good wedge monitor, you know, and, and you have a sound man, you can put some drums in it, and it's and it's a good, you know, good-sized monitor where it has some beef to it and some bottom. Yeah. Like, fun, too, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess I should clarify. I, don't, I prefer the in-ears in that room because the monitor mix that i get uh with the wedge which is a, a flown wedge um is just not that good it's not as good as nearly as good as the in-ears or the mix i get at the swamp is really good same sound man too by the way but i just get a <clears throat> it's just the room the way things sound in that room it's uh, yeah it really makes a difference too in your um you know when it sounds great you're inspired to play mm-hmm and probably, you know, this weekend, the, the, the most fun uh, all weekend was that for both gigs, you know, we played some some of the same songs, but for the most part, completely different sets, you know. The weddings are fun because you got a lot of slow songs, ballads, brushes, um, you know, diverse swing stuff. And, you know, you wouldn't normally play that on, on, a, on a party gig, per se. Uh, so it was, it was fun. It was a good eclectic mix of, of genres uh, over the entire weekend. That's cool. That keeps it fun for you as a musician, for sure. Get to, uh, and people danced Sunday. They were dancing. They were up on the first song, and they never sat down. So that was that's always good, too, when the crowd is really with you, you know, and they're really into it. Yeah, that's awesome. And people are there, especially weddings. People are there to purposefully have a good time, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're looking for the band, for sure. They're looking for the fun and the, the drink and the dance and the good band, good music and good food and all around good time. I've never seen a fight at a wedding, <laughs> like a physical fight. Have you? I saw a physical fight one time at a wedding where someone got stabbed with a fork. <laughs> no, come on. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. What did, do you know anything about the fight? What, how it happened or why? <laughs> it, was a, it was a wedding that I was attending. I was not performing. Oh, I at see. It. Okay. And someone, <laughs> Well, that counts. Feel me to get along with somebody, and next thing you knew, they got stabbed with a fork. Oh man! Like emergency room, but definitely puncture wounds. You know, right? <laughs> Four of them, probably. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if it was a cake uh, spoon, a fork, or not. <laughs> That's why you got to serve plastic utensils at those weddings. 
That's right. <laughs> you take your eye out with that thing. That's funny. Um, so, um, we, you know, I want to uh, talk about a little bit the song selection again. I always, you know, it's a big thing that I always focus on and study and stuff. And and here in New Orleans, you know, I've said it before that I, I think this is a good representation of people of the planet Earth because this is a tourist destination and you get people from all over the place. So what they want to hear, what they respond to seems to be a good barometer for the rest of, you know, the general pop- population. Um, and it's been creeping in here. It's everybody here. You know, the, if you go like lowest common denominator party music, it's it's way behind in time. Um, so 90s kind of music right now sounds new and fresh to people here, um, especially of the er, the younger generation, the early 20s. Um, that's kind of the music that was happening when they were born and when they they were young. So it was the first music they were really introduced to. So they definitely resonate with that and they request it a lot. So it's really picking up steam lately. And we're, we're fortunate in at the swamp with the remedy where we have this new male singer who knows a lot of that stuff, a lot of the newer, you know, I call it newer it's nineties, but, um, um, but he knows a lot of that material and we've been picking it up slowly, um, and songs that work. And, and that was uh, part of the reason for our success this weekend. Um, just having that material that, uh, some people on the street are starting to play, but not a lot. Um, so, and the, the song selection is different. And one of the ones we did, and which isn't even a nineties, I think it's two thousands was like a stone. We picked it up in honor of Chris Cornell uh, the audio slave tune. And I was a little uh, apprehensive to bring that on only because it's a slower type of tune. And I didn't think that I, I didn't know if people would really respond to it, but we started playing it the other day and man, it did it work. It worked fantastic. And the band does it great. The, uh, Jim, the singer nails it. Um, and the guitar player we have, he got all those tones, those crazy Tom Morello lead tones and, uh, it's killer works great that's awesome that's that's an unexpected song i wouldn't i wouldn't have picked that right yeah that's what i thought too um but that seems to be the one when cornell died that a lot of people were posting um mm. on facebook uh on social media tune. Don't, you know, no, no don't get me wrong it's, a, it's an awesome song i just wouldn't think it would be uh go over you know yeah, it's a more of a mid-tempo tune, and it's not really a sing-along type of thing. But when you get to that chorus, people do sing along with that. Um, and uh, we had the 20-something crowd in there, of like, uh, and mostly female, and they really responded to it, and they were singing along. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, you never know until you try something sometimes, uh, whether it's going to work or not. Um, but uh, yeah, that's really refreshing for me um, to see that, especially because we've been playing the same songs for years, you know, and not that I, I mind it so much, but it's nice to play new material for us. And because um, we don't rehearse, you know, it's just it's up to everybody to learn their part and we come in and play it at the gig for the first time. So it's really cool when we do that and it works, you know, it's like, you know, we all kind of give each other a high five on it and on stage and. Um, so that was a cool highlight of this last week too, for me. Awesome. Yeah. All kinds of highlights going on. Yeah. So, um, 
But, you know, that's interesting you say that with uh, show up and play. You know, we've done that a few times, and uh, the, the most vivid memory I had was last year at uh, my company's Christmas party. The band plays. We have a substitute drummer, and then I get up and play a couple songs, and Vinny Solano gets up and sings a couple songs, and, uh, you know, it's, we have a real fun time. And we decided to do uh, Limelight oh by Rush. Oh, wow. So, so we did Limelight uh, show up and, and play. Wow, really? Limelight yeah. with no rehearsing. Now, Vinny knows it like the back of his hand. I know it. And then the guys and everyone else in the band learned it. And let me tell you what, man, we showed up and we did it. And it, and it went off without a, without a hitch. It was perfect. And uh, like you said, that feeling, high fives and everyone just euphoric, you know? Really killer. And then next time we went to do it, it wasn't so good. Well, that deserves... A round of applause for me because Rush is no joke. I mean, it, you have to, you really got to know the parts because there's odd timing in that uh, guitar solo. Um, I mean, in the whole song and, and, uh, and uh, you know, it's Rush. And the greatest part was it was a four-piece drum set with a single uh, bass drum pedal. Oh, man. And <laughs> you got to play all those fills. Yeah, so I knew we were doing it, so. I'm always impressed with, I love drummers, and I'm always impressed with how drummers can make a, a small kit sound big. Yeah, it just has to sound like the fill, you know? I mean, and luckily, in that song, there's not a lot of big concert toms, you know, and things that you can't disguise. There's a lot of a lot of things you can, you can definitely, um, you can make it sound authentic. That's, that's cool. the name of the game. Yeah, sure. Always impresses me, man. I, I love, uh the art of drumming. So one of these days, dude, I'm going to have a house where I can get, I can build a recording studio and have my own drum kit so I can learn how to actually play drums. Because I can play air drums really good. I've been playing air drums for like 35 years, man. <laughs> and someday I'm going to have a room that doesn't have five drum sets in it and has some way to record it. Right. <laughs> it's funny though, like you, you know, you were alluding to earlier, when you play on a big set, like a jumbo mega kit, you know, like a Bozio or a, Portnoy or you know Neil Peart, you 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 have a different mindset in how you approach the playing as opposed to if you're playing on you know a four piece drum set with you know just a, a hi hat or a crash and a ride you know and one tom and one floor tom and single or double pedal you know either or but when you when you break it down you think a lot differently and you play a lot differently so a lot, a lot to be said for both you know they're they're both awesome to be exposed to and i think every drummer should experience both ways you know they should play on a larger kit and appreciate that and learn how to manipulate and move around a large set like that with you know articulation and agility and precision and then also play on a smaller set harness the power and use utilize different patterns between your foot and your hands you know to make up the spaces and it makes you think a lot differently it's a great exercise i do it a lot of my students and uh you can definitely see uh, growth from it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good art to uh, perfect, um, especially the the having the big kit and having all the bells and whistles and toys and stuff, and not overusing it and still using them tastefully, because um, that's uh, that that's a big no no for for drummers who are just trying to show off. Like, look at all the chops I have, look at all the toys I have. But as long as you use it to to uh, make sense in the music and the song then uh, I think that's, it probably takes a lot of discipline now. Well, and to your point, it was like saying, um, 
you know, why you need such a big drum set? Why are you bringing all those drums? What are you going to do with that? You're going to show me, you know, show off? And it's like, no. If you gave me a coloring book and gave me a box of 100 crayons, I could color you an amazing picture. If you gave me a box of crayon, you know, with four crayons in it, I would have to be much more creative in how I, you know, how I shaded and textured it. So right. you can look at it that way. You know, it's just more sounds, it's more colors, it's more things on the palette. You can't use them all at once, obviously, but they're there for, uh, you know, if you feel the need to play it. Right. It's good stuff. It's cool, man. Yeah. Cool. It's all about the inspiration, right? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So um, speaking of inspiration, um, I forwarded you this email, and I, I did it probably about a half hour before you we started this and i actually forwarded it to you yesterday but i sent it to the wrong email address so you didn't get it um but i wouldn't get it but uh if you have the ability to open it now um uh you can follow along if not i'll just you know i'll just uh send the wrong email address again uh yeah well i can just disseminate this this whole thing anyway um uh, th- th- we talked about it last week. Uh, we were contacted by a gentleman who uh, starting a new band, and he wants to, and he listens to the show, and he loves the show, and he wants to have us uh, follow along and offer our advice and wisdom and uh, critique and anything else. Um, so he sent me a super long. Well, he sent it to both of us really, but sent a super, oh, I see it. super long email here. It's it's too much for you to read right now while we're talking. The, I mean, he really put a lot of time into uh, and thought into um, everything that he wanted to say and everything he he's doing. So I'll just kind of give you the bullet points here. Um, I and, see and, it. Yeah, there's a lot to cover, yeah, man. Yeah. I'll give you the bullet points of this email and then get down to, to what we can talk about, which is uh, uh, some questions that he asked. So um, he, he's starting a band. Uh, the name of the band is called the Clanky Lincolns. Um, and he's, uh, it's a four-piece band. Two, it's four, uh, two front men who both play guitar and then bass and drums, I would imagine. Um, yeah, bass and drums. And he, he gave me a, a little... Uh, bio on each of the players, including himself, and um, they're all players that have been around. They've been doing this for a long time, so they're they're seasoned players. And uh, uh, one of the, uh, this is interesting that the drummer, whose name is also Tony, um, found he found him off of Craigslist, and he thinks he feels that this guy is the best musician in the band. So that's always good when you have a drummer who's a really good musician. Um, so he talks about his vision. Um, he wants to do, um, uh, funky, funky classics, um, wants to, uh, mix it up, but wants to keep it fun and not do the same old tried and true songs that, uh, that other bands do. And they, he wants to make a name for himself. They are from, by the way, I should have mentioned that first. Uh, North Carolina, triad area of North Carolina, which is the city of Greensboro, Winston-Salem, and High Point. Um, so they want to they want to make a splash on their scene. Uh, they've been rehearsing, and again, he put a lot of thought into not only what they're doing, but into this email and describing it. So they have a marketing plan, um, and he came up with some posters. I don't know if you got the, the, the attachments that I sent you. 
because uh, when I forwarded it, I don't think the attachments no, were available. For the attachments, but I did get the email. I can read through what he's got. Yeah. Well, it, there were uh, pictures attachments. So he's got a like a a, a flyer attachment, um, which I'm going to open now, so I can. And it's just kind of like a one sheet uh, where they talk about the band. There's a picture of the band. They have a, a pretty cool looking uh, graphic for the logo. It's like a uh, almost like a Lincoln hat. Um, and um, then just a little brief bio on the peop- on the band members and then contact information and sample set list. And it looks sharp, man. They, they did a really good job with, with putting this whole thing together um, uh, to distribute. And he said, he mentioned somewhere in the email that he and his band members went out um, bar hopping to try to get some work. And... Um, and distributed these things and and somebody commented how professional it looked and that most other bands don't take the time to do something that professional so um so kudos to this guy for doing that um and th- and then the Yo, other i'm sorry uh, the other attachment was his set list so we can uh i'll tell you the songs that are on there and we can talk about that but um yeah i mean from just skimming the email what do you think you know what you see there well, I was going to say to your comment that, you know, the professionalism in having a product goes a long way, you know, because like you said, a lot of people don't put the time and effort into marketing it and making it something really cool and nice and spend some money on it, you know, and some real thought into it. You know, Dan is, is fired up. He's He's got a passion to do this now. You know, he's excited. He's inspired. He's got a team of guys with him. Seem like they're very capable and they're all on the same page. He's got a you know very charismatic front man, which will help him you know definitely connect with the crowd quickly you know and make that connection, which as you know is a big part of it. As soon as you connect you know with the crowd, uh, the tide changes and the evening becomes a lot different than it does if you're not connected with the crowd, you're not participating in it. Um, you know these guys have a vision. They know what they want to do. They've played around. They have a clear expectation of what they're going for um and i don't see their set list but it looks like from what they're saying they have some you know funkier classics some more contemporary stuff it's a college area so they're gonna experiment with their songs too and see what's really hitting and what's not you know but they're right there i mean they're they're getting to do it and they uh you know, they're, they're excited, you know, and they're passionate about it and that's going to come through and it's going to show, you know, and that, that's, what's going to make them successful. Yeah. You know, know, on top of all the other things they have going for them, um, is that belief in that, that drive and that, that just that excitement and exuberance to do it. You know, it's not a, it's not a grind. It's a, it's a journey, you know, and they're, and they're passionate and they're excited about it. It's great. How it should be. Yeah, absolutely. And the truth is that you don't have to be the most talented player or the most talented band, but having this work work ethic and this amount of drive, like you said, man, it'll get you places. Um, you know, if if you and the enthusiasm too. You know, you have a positive attitude about it. That's going to get you places. Um, and uh, unless you absolutely terrible, you know, which I doubt. You know, notice too though you know these guys he's thinking like he's when he's looking to book the bars i read somewhere in his thing he was saying that like uh 
you know, he touches on the things that, that we speak about too. Like he knows what he's there to do and they're there to sell drinks, you know, and they're there to entertain the people and keep them thirsty and keep them in there. And he said something about, he even designed a signature drink that they're going to ask the bar yeah. to make and they'll promote the shit out of it on stage. And, which and they, is yeah, they, they put it on that, the, the flyer that I was talking about, they actually put the uh, recipe for it on there. So it's a three sheet sort of handout thing that they made and it looks really sharp and, and, uh, yeah, they put the drink thing on there too. That's really a that's a neat idea, and it's it's very clever to tie that in because most places you're playing are going to be serving drinks. Yeah, and who's thinking about that? You know, right? It's, it, it shows the bar that you're thinking about helping them make money so you can make more money. You know, it's you're not just going there and saying, "I think I'm going to be able to bring people, and this is what we do, and we're really good," and you know. You're actually coming in with like a business plan to say we wanted a little joint partnership here in the evening, you know, and this is what we're going to do and this is what we're going to help to make the place more successful. Yeah, I love it. So uh, it's really cool and inspiring to see that somebody that's listening to this show is putting that much work and, and effort into their their band. And um, I tell you what, man, I don't see this kind of professionalism or work or effort often with bands that you know just having it together and having a, a vision and having a plan i mean even uh titled one of his point his bullet points here his vision you know he called it vision so um, yeah that's what i'm saying he's got vision, you know, yeah you got a plan they got a vision they're excited about it they're passionate they they're inspired to do it yeah so this is really cool so let's get into his questions and uh and we'll uh, talk about that. But I, I do want to point out um, to um, to Dan uh, that it's really going to help us get a better idea of of everything if we can see and hear you. So take some video, um, do some Facebook lives, even if you're just at rehearsal. Take some video so we can so we can listen to the music because that's what it's really about, and see what you look like, um, and especially. I would say definitely at your gig and at every gig, man. I wish I had every gig on film that I've ever done. Um, but if you have the ability, um, which you should, to you know, videotape your your show, whether it's you get it somebody in the in the audience, a friend, um, just holding up a phone and, and taking video or whatever. You want to go more professional? That's that's cool. But get a record of it so people can hear it. Um, having material like that is going to really, really help you in your marketing, in your, your building your fan base, um, especially on social media. If you're able to put out videos, um, and people can actually hear you and see you, that's going to, that's going to, um, really blow it up if, if you're doing it well and it looks good and sounds good. So do that. Well, don't forget. It's going to help everybody in the band too. Yes. Right watch back all those shows and say, oh, man, that was killer, or I won't do that again. No, yes. do something different next time. You know, you can really critique yourself because you don't get a chance to hear it back, you know, when you're playing it. So you come back to it fresh a couple of days later and listen to it, and you, you can you can hear things that work and things that don't, you know, and you get ideas and you may, you know, think about how the songs flow and you listen to the show and you may arrange it differently in your head, you know, and then you write the set list a little differently next time, so... Right. It's great to have that you know self uh, you know feedback and criticism to be able to go back and listen and, and even watch it too. You know, if you videotape yourself, uh, it's even better because you can see yeah. you know what you guys look like to people that are watching you. Yeah, absolutely. 
uh, you get to look at it objectively. Um, and here are other parts, too, that you're not normally focusing on while you're playing. You're not really, you know, if you're a drummer, you're not really focusing on what the guitar player is doing. You're, so yeah. when you watch it back, you can do that. Um, and and uh, sometimes that helps, too, to help your fellow bandmates. If nobody's got the whole ego thing going on and you're, you're willing to accept criticism and advice, um, you know, if, if you watch it back, as a band or even separately you watch back and then you talk about it and say, Hey, uh, you know, Joe guitar player, I think you missed that, you know, that one note in the, in the bridge or whatever. And then Joe guitar player can listen back and say, Oh yeah, you're right. And then go and, and just correct those little type of things. That's, uh, yeah, man, it's very valuable to have that resource, to have that, uh, videotape or even audio. Uh, let's see if we got even if, it's, even if it's cell phone you know just something yep yeah just so you have yeah I'm a big fan of doing Facebook live um, I like the whole live thing but uh, it's not taking on as quickly as I would like it to but it will eventually but alright so let's get to his questions and um, his first one and I'm going to read this um, he sent like I said he sent the set list they've already made a set list which is awesome. I mean, they, they don't even have a gig yet, and they, they've made a set list. Um, so they're really, really trying to put this together. But his first question is, I, I'd like your feedback on our song selections. They seem consistent with our considerations, which we were talking about last week or two weeks ago, um, about things you should consider when you're picking your songs. Um, uh, he said, when you look at the playlist I attach, imagine that maybe two-thirds or more of the song transitions are done in a mashup slash medley kind of way. Uh, now, I'm sure that sets have the kind of shape of movement I like, where you build energy to the middle, break it down, build it back up to the end, that kind of thing. I worry that we're pretty much high, all high energy all the way through. So maybe that's tough on an audience. So I'm going to um, open up this set list thing, and we'll, we'll, uh, I'm, I'm going to cherry pick some of these songs, I'm not because there's a lot of songs in here. There's five, ten, about fourteen songs per set here. So there's a lot of a lot of material. So um, there's a few in here that are kind of the staple songs, in, uh, and I'll just go through the first set one. And in set one, there's really none of them. None of them are so, like traditional songs that ba um, cover bands play. So I'm just going to, they, they start off with their first opening song is Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. Nice. Um, so that's their, and you know, I grew up in the age of, of, uh, of the eighties music scene concerts and like that. And where it was, um, it was a lot about the show and, and, um, uh, you know, the big opening number, which would be a huge thing. You come out and just want to blow the roof off with the opening number. And I, I still like doing that, although I don't do it now in the cover bands I play. And it's just, we kind of ease in. But I still like having that whole show idea of just like, here we are. And, you know, just really, really make a, a statement in the beginning. So I don't know if that song does that, but I can't really think about how the intro goes. Um uh, doesn't it start with like a? Yeah. Um, so. It's kind of somber. It's it's kind of slower everybody tempo. Everybody wants yeah. to. I mean, that's it's a it's mid. Good tune. It's you a, know, definitely a sing along tune. It's a mid tempo song. Um, but 
I mean, you could. What else has he got on the list that you, you could, could switch for an opener if you had to? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm just trying to think. I, I want to give this song a chance because I, I don't want to completely say it's it's not a good opener, but because um, I'm trying to hear it in my head. I, I think if you push the the temp- off with the, with the piano. Yeah. And these guys don't have a keyboard player, so I'm wondering if they're using a sequencer or if they're just gonna use uh play guitar in lieu of keyboards um but i so that's i would i'm sorry good that's a good question yeah um, because i would have to play it to a track for it to be sound authentic it's just too synth heavy you know there's a lot of keys and yeah piano in it. yeah so i would say i mean he wants us to to really dissect this whole thing so i would say tr- swap that song out for a different song to start with um and so you're saying from this set, from this can first set. Can you send me the set list just so I can see it in context? It's I, hard just to hear it one song at a time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a great tune, you know, and it could be a good opening tune. You know, you, right. you got you know, to try it, right? That's what you got to do. I mean, we've always tried different opening with different songs. And sometimes it's just a song that, you know, is on the set list and we'll collectively just say we're not opening with that. Yeah. yeah. I guess. You know, or you say wow that's a that's a unique opening song let's you know let's try it let's do it right yeah and and he might have chosen this song based on knowing what his audience likes so if his audience is going to resonate with that and respond to it then maybe that's one of his reasons for doing that um so um so uh, there's a lot of information that that i might not know about the situation to really give an honest um thorough uh answer and advice but um i don't think we should dissect his entire set list but we should just look at his song list in general sure um you know and see like you said what's in there i mean like as as it's coming through on my end what are some other tunes that are on that list like just read down the list what like the that was the first 10 songs all right i'm trying to all right it's the hollister one right Mm -hmm. okay i'm just trying to make sure i get because he sent a two different email address than because I asked him to um, that I usually use to send stuff to you. So I have to I have to copy your email address and then go over here. And Did then... the assistant show up sick again today? <laughs> again, like the roadies, my roadies over the weekend. Did got to stop, man. You know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got to stop giving her uh, so many vacations. Um, all right, so I'm gonna forward. I, I'm forwarding the whole email to you again, but this should have the attachments, which uh, and you can open it and look at the song list. So I'm sending it now, but as I send it, I will. Uh, I'll have my assistant go through it and do print that. out what yes. I need. All right, so I'll open it back up. So, um, all right, so you want me to just read the first set? Okay. The, yeah, just read it down. Okay, the second song is Gold on the Ceiling by the Black Keys, which I don't know that song. Um, Lovely Day by Bill Withers. Don't know that song. I probably know it if I heard it, but I, I can't, from the name of it, I couldn't tell you. Then Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes, which mm. was the, probably their biggest hit. Um, mm-hmm. Then Royals by Lord, which um, was a mega hit. Um, a couple of years ago, and and the thing about Royals though is you don't have a whole lot of instrumentation. A lot of it is just vocal and percussion, like finger snaps or um, yeah. Um, yeah. 
but it's a pretty easy chord progression that you could pick up and put instruments to it. So I, I'm going to guess that's what they're doing and maybe rocking it out a little bit. So that's a pretty cool thing. I've seen people rock out that song, and I like it because I, 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 I think that song is very catchy, and, uh, and I think it works um, if, you, if you give it kind of a dance vibe beat thing. Um, all right, so next... Uh, Drink You Away by Justin Timberlake. Don't know the song, do you? I do. You do. But I, I got the list. I just got it open, so. Okay. And then we got Harder to Breathe by Maroon 5, which is one of their earlier hits, uh, which I think is a great song to do live. Use Me by Bill Withers, which I love that song. Um, and I've never played it in a band, but I I could see that working every single time no matter where you play that is just that's got such a killer groove everybody's heard it um love that song then sledgehammer by peter gabriel which is one of my favorite songs of all time and how these guys are going to pull it off in a four-piece band without the horns without all those background vocals uh i don't know i'd like to hear that um great tune oh awesome i mean one of my just one of the the best songs of the 80s that came out of that whole thing. It's got such a killer groove. The instrumentation is incredible. Um, the, the vocals. The way it starts. Yeah. Roses by Outkast. Don't know that song. September by Earth, Wind, and Fire, which is always a winner. Message in a Bottle by The Police. That's a good another one. heavy horn song, though. September. Yes, yeah, a lot of instruments. So these guys definitely. I, I would imagine he didn't really get into that with the email. Um, but but you know, flyer they'll have kazoo's in their mouth, so maybe they will <laughs> play kazoo parts for that. That's pretty good. Um, I, I hope to hear more about that, or at least see the band again. How they're going to pull uh, stuff off without all those instruments uh, being absent. Um, so a little less conversation by Elvis Presley's cool song, uh, season of the witch Donovan, uh, not sure. Probably know it if I heard it, but I can't call it up and then pump it up by Elvis Costello, which I've played in a band before. And that's a great one too. That's, that's a really cool. And that would be their first set closer, which maybe they should be their opener. Because you, know, you want to get people pumped up, right? You want to start with pump it up, you know? Yeah, that's that. I would definitely that's that's definitely one to think about. I mean, because that's their most upbeat song in the whole set, and they're ending with it, so they're going to get people all riled up, and then all right, we're taking a break. So I don't know. Might want to move that around. Well, you got eight hits in that first set that everyone would know, right? right? Everyone wants to rule the world, Seven Nation Army, Harder to Breathe, Sledgehammer, September, Message in a Bottle, Pump It Up. Mm -hmm. So I would agree with you. I mean, you know, you want to you want to leave them with something great but that you'll come back next set, you know? Right. Right. Pump it up might be a good opener, as long as you follow it with something with equal power, you know? Yeah, with something that you can easily transition into the next song and keep people moving. 
and then then you could start to break up the the tempos and stuff. Um, but you want to come out. Hard, you want to come out yeah, strong. Hard, good opener song too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that just comes out strong. Oh yeah. Um, all right, so set to nineteen oh one by Phoenix. I don't know that song. Um, I'm familiar with the band Phoenix because I actually opened for Phoenix when I was playing with Jared Fink. Um, but I don't know that song. That's a place in Arizona, and it's ninety eight <laughs> years before the next song. You know, I I, I was uh, went to Phoenix, Arizona, on my way to Tacoma, and then Philadelphia, Atlanta, L.A. L.A. Yeah. Uh, so after 1901, they in California, right? Where the girls are something. Um, so after 1901, they're doing 1999. So they're jumping 98 years in the future and playing Prince song. Uh, I don't know if yeah. that that was just like a clever. I maybe they have a clever segue to go from one year song to another year song. So I I I, I without being familiar with the Phoenix song, I couldn't tell you, but. Uh, float on by Modest Mouse. Um, I, I'm pretty much. I think I know that song. Uh, I'm kind of hearing it in my head, uh, and that seems like a cool selection. Um, no diggity by Black Street, so they're getting all Black Streetish. Um, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're coming out with the big guns. Uptown Funk. Uh, what? A word? A word up? And Uptown Funk and then Word Up. So I think those are two together are really good. Um, Uptown Funk is a no-brainer, man. It's just that song is never going to go away. <laughs> we we just played that for the uh, bridal party when they all came walking in. Right. You know, we've amped up. That's cool. Mm. Uh, the first, the last, my everything by Barry White. So they're trying to get a little bit of Barry White loving there going on. Ooh, baby. <laughs> Let's get on the dance floor and get our hips close to each other. You know what I'm saying, baby? Right. Oh, yeah. Nothing but love songs. Then they got Hard to Handle. <laughs> then Hard to Handle, which is another big hit uh, cover band staple. So that's a good one to do in there. And set two, middle of set two. That's when people they start having a good buzz, and they've they've opened up a little bit more out of their shell, and they're more uh, apt to dance and respond to stuff. And if they hear something they know, they're just gonna like yes. And Hard Handle's a good one. Then I want your sex by George Michael. Great song. Um, a lot going on in that song. Yeah. Um, it's the ambitious list. Yeah. Ambitious list for sure. Um, then Crazy by Norris Barkley, which is I love that song, and I think that's a winner. Um, Happy by Pharrell Williams. So they they strung a, a bunch of really good material there back to back. So that's really good. And then I will survive, and um, by Gloria Gaynor. And they don't have a female singer, so I guess one of the dudes is singing it. But that's kind of cool too. I've done that before. Uh, Lady Marmalade. Patty LaBelle and then The Wake Make Me Feel by Michael Jackson Need, yeah. you, need you Tonight Brick House I mean that's a strong set right there it, yeah with, the power set yeah I mean the, the only song I really don't know is that first song but um, but that's a strong set man that's, that's gonna get people dancing keep them dancing and keep them coming back for set number three 
so that three. Yeah. So I get, I mean, I've been doing this. You want to, you want to uh, take the reins here on set number three. So set three, baby, please don't go. Traditional. It says, baby, please don't go. That's it. Right. Mm-hmm. Wishing well by Terrence Trent Dorby. Don't know that one. That was a, I mean, that was kind of a one hit wonder for Terrence Trent Dorby. And that was a big hit when it came out. It was, uh, you know, in the MTV age, well, hang on, my dog just knocked over my mixing board. <laughs> I'm I'm glad he didn't unplug anything when he did it, but he just completely knocked everything over. Um, all right, so, uh, but yeah, wishing well. That's a good song. It's kind of a mid tempo song, but it's it's um, and it's got this little keyboard line, do 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 do, um, and I don't know how they're going to do that, but I I mean maybe one of these guitar players is going to be using like uh like an effects thing where you can uh, make it uh, sound like a different instrument. My guitar well, player... Went on their endeavor to play Wishing Well. Yeah. So, all right, go ahead. Don't You Forget About Me, Simple Minds. That's a good Again, one. Again, yeah, great tune, keyboards, synths, great drum fills. Yeah. Born This Way, Lady Gaga. Another girl song. But also a great yep. song. Kiss by Prince. Mm. I like playing that song. I, I, I play. I do that a lot with Ed at the Swamp. That song. Um, if we're doing like a dance set and Tracy sings it, and on the original recording, there's actually no bass part, so I just have to kind of make a bass part, and I try to keep to simple. Um, you know, keep that groove with, with just, it's an A, we just do the A, so I do just kind of like a, a simple slap and pop with, on the A with the octave, um, and then put in little fills here and there, but, uh, that's a fun song to play. That's a fun, uh, people usually respond to that. Then he's got two nice ones back to back, play that funky music and superstition. Which very, very well go together, because you can, superstition originally was in, in F, and f- funky music is an E, um, but uh, a lot of people will play superstition in E, um, especially a guitar bass band. If, if you're if you're um, keyboard bass band and you're playing that song, the keyboard player generally wants to play it in F. That's what I've found. But um, uh, but you can play it, easily play it in E. If you listen to the Stevie Ray Vaughan version of Superstition, it's in E. Um, so you can put those two together. A very similar groove. Uh, tempo and uh, all, the lick is very similar too. So yeah, those go well together. Yep, you can definitely transition those together. And if you have to slow it down a little, going into superstition, you can definitely drum fill and then groove on that. Uh, satisfied, Ian Moore. I don't know that song. Do you? Nope. Mm. What I like about you and Maybelline. Yeah. Two good ones. What I like about you, I play all the time, and it always works. Always works. Oh yeah, that, that's a great, that's a good bar song for sure. Cake by the Ocean. Yeah, that's a newer song, uh, a newish. Yeah, it was was it last year? Uh, or we played we we do we played it back to back on the weekend, both gigs. It always goes over. Yeah, people love. What when, when was that a hit? Was it last year? Last uh, spring yeah. summer, or was it two years? Yeah. No, last year. Last year. 
yeah, I played it in the wedding band that I was in, and, and I play it sometimes on Bourbon Street, too. Then he's got Walk Away by Kelly Clarkson. I love that song. I mean, that's just a personal thing for me. I am I am a big fan of Kelly Clarkson, and that's one of my favorite songs that she does. It's Do you know it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's it's very up tempo. It's it's got a really good hook. Um, that's a cool song. I, I I really want to hear these guys play, man, and hear them do these songs because if they're doing these songs like uh, justice, I mean, these guys are going to these guys are going to do great, man. This band is going to be killer. And then he he rounds out the set with "Rock Around the Clock," "Jenny Jenny," and "I'm a Believer" by the Monkees. Yeah, all. All good songs that people know and they'll sing along with. And end of the night, they're drunk, they don't care, and they're going to dance to everything. But if if you're playing songs that they know, you're going to have a packed dance floor. Yeah, and I mean, you know, great content in the set list. The order will come, you know, as they develop and play the sets. You'll see what works and what flows better, and you'll see what songs are, you know, everyone gets up to dance and what songs are dance floor clearers. Yeah, because they exist, you know. Yeah, but it might be a great tune, but if people are dancing, it's, you know, there's just certain songs that the dancing stops. It's a great tune, but the dancing stops. Yeah, but overall, a great, um, a great set for the yeah, night. Very strong effort. Very I strong, like- and and I hope. I mean, I, I Dan offered this information up to us and wanted us to talk about it. So I I hope. Um, you know, he doesn't mind that we're going song by song on this and making that public um, because he wants uh, to keep it. I hope he doesn't want to keep it any sort of secret so no nobody steals it. But um, Well, the secret's out now, isn't it, Steve? <laughs> out. It is. Um, but uh, I think it's very, very strong. And uh, you might want to move a couple things around here and there. But otherwise, I mean, that's that's killer, man. And, and if you're playing that many songs in a night, if you're doing... What is it like? I, I didn't count how many songs were in the set, but it was like 40, 40 something songs total. Yeah, I mean, how many were in each set here? It was like 15, maybe. Um, that's a long set. You know, that's an hour set. Um, so, oh, yeah. Um, so, very cool. Um, so, he wanted our feedback, so there's your feedback. Um, so, his next question regarding theatrical, theatrical gimmick, gimmickry. Gimmickry. Gimmickry is the word. Yeah, gimmickry. (laughs) Gimmickry. Dude, just bring Roman candles and a fire extinguisher, and you will definitely have a good time. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Fire extinguisher. (laughs) Well, of course, you got to be respectful, right? Yeah, well. That's not Roman candles. you got a way to put it out. Oh, my God. That's funny. Um, I I assume there's a point. Wait, quick sidebar. I can remember we played a gig one time at Mother's in... uh, in Wayne, yeah. on 23, you know, and was with Strutter, the, the, the Kiss cover band, uh-huh. and they had these flamethrowers, and in hindsight, I mean, this is like right around the time when uh, all those clubs caught on fire, like at the Great White Show, and people died, you know, and it was it was just bad, yeah. you know, scene out there, and I remember them playing and having the flamethrowers come out with these blasts of flame, and the drop ceiling tiles in mothers were all covered in dust and the ceiling would catch on fire for a second but just like that low kind of smoldering look and there was a guy sitting on the speaker with a fire extinguisher and he would go and put it out oh man like two or three times over the course of the night 
And I, I remember specifically turning to the guys in the band saying, like, that doesn't look like a good idea. Yeah, and where are the exits just in case? Yeah, exactly. We were done playing already, so we were, we were by the door. Right. Um, yeah, that's... It, that's sorry, uh, theatrical gimmickry. Gimmickry. Um, yeah, it's, uh, so I just close it. Hang on, let me bring this back up. What is going on here? He says, I assume okay. there's a point where that yeah. stops adding and starts detracting from the show. Agreed. Um, you know, a certain amount of trademarkisms, you know, like you said, gimmickry and, you know, like he states here, not, you know, they want to have fun and they're willing to be silly, but they're not going to be dressing up like Guar or Insane Clown Posse. Guar, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I agree. Maybe one guy dressing up like Guar might be cool. Yeah, um, I think, you know, you, you have an interesting name, Clanky Lincolns, um, so you could play on that, and, and their graphic uh, plays on Abraham Lincoln with the, the hat. Um, so, Who's wearing the hat? You guys got to draw straws on that. Yeah. One uh, guy wears the hat and the beard every show, or you rotate it. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like you said, you don't want it, you want it to be, if you, you want something visual, Definitely. Um, and if you want to tie in your brand and your name with how you're going to look to people, that's well, a good... fire said four score and seven minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's a genius. I love it. That's great. Um, so they are kind of playing up on the whole Lincoln thing, you know? Yeah. So, so if you want to do that with your show, that's probably a good idea. Um, you know, one of the most successful cover bands I've ever been privy to seeing and and knowing is a band called The Nerds from New Jersey, which, uh, and they've been around for 25 years at least, and their whole visual thing uh, played on the name uh, based on the movie Revenge of the Nerds. So they dress like nerds with uh, glasses with the tape in the middle, uh, but they're exceptional musicians, and they, they play great songs and they have a fun entertaining live show and they are a four-piece band um the singer lead singer plays bass um and everybody in the band sings and they're 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 really good musicians so their gimmick is looking like nerds um, and that's their shtick that's their shtick and it ties in with their name but they come to the table with their show and with their songs and with their performance all of it that supersedes any gimmick type of thing um you know, the gimmick thing is just something that uh, really identifies them, but it um, they don't rely on it whatsoever for uh, producing a, an excellent product, an excellent performance, you know. There was a while there, remember? They had, like, the, uh, there was a bunch of different bands overboard, and they all had, like, the captain's uniforms on with the white sailor's hats, and there was the Amish outlaws, there was the... Yeah, yeah. Or dogs. There was all kinds of bands out there that dressed, uh, you know, a certain part and had that shtick for a while. And they never were out of character, you know. Even if you were out somewhere and they were at a venue and they weren't playing, they were still in costume. Right. Uh, and that's cool, I guess, if you want to play the role out in the world. <laughs> but to your point, like you said, it works if, if you have a, a gimmick, you know, and these guys seem to be pretty savvy with the marketing and they got a good sense of humor so they'll have to figure it out for themselves and if they want to come up with some sort of a shtick or gimmick you know 
that'll probably work for them. I mean, they have signature drink, which is cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I would say use it for fun and use it for an identification, but beyond that, don't rely on it for anything else. You know, make sure that your your show and your song selection and your performance is the priority. Um, and it's that seems like what they're doing anyway, so... <clears throat> Yeah, no, they're definitely right. They're on their way. On the way. So, next question: We'd love to crack the wedding market at some point. Am I right in thinking that's probably not going to happen until down the road when we have more bar, club, stage time under us as a band and maybe more t name recognition? Or does that not matter when a bride is googling for a band for her wedding? Any advice on how to get in there? Um, name recognition and. Um, I, I you know I played in a band last year uh, that played primarily weddings, but we did some clubs and some uh, parties and festivals and things like that. But the band, the name of the band is No Idea. So, um, yeah. Well, remember, you're also you're marketing to a very specific clientele when you're marketing yourself as a wedding band, you know, and depending upon the client's price range. And desire for horns or multiple singers or different ethnic singers or, you know, different musicians that they want to add or depending on what size band that they want. You know, there's a niche for, for everybody, right? Like, we're not the typical wedding band. We, we do have guys that we bring in and we hire for, to, for a horn section if it's requested. But we're typically the five-piece band. We played, you know, wedding we played on Sunday was no horn, no horns. It was just, you know, the five-piece band. Um but again, you're marketing yourself to a different client, clientele, and you're also making sure, certain that you have a bunch of staples of different types of songs and genres of music in the mix, right. which is different right. from your party set list. You know, right. so that's the only thing I would say. And then you need to know someone has to do the announcing. You have to announce to people when they come in, you coordinate with the maitre d', you know, there's a whole flow to the thing. You need background music. So it's, just, it's not so much that you're not, you need more time and experience to be able to do it. You definitely need to be more polished, but it's a different atmosphere, you know? Yeah. And I, if these guys have experience playing weddings, which I'm not sure if he said that here, uh, um, he didn't appear to, um, yeah, you're you're right on point there, dude. Uh, um, you just have to know how to play a wedding, all the things that are involved with it, and you need to have the 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 right songs. Um, but um, as far as waiting till you have more name recognition in the industry, you don't need to do that. Just go right in if that's what you want to do. If you want to play weddings and you want to get that kind of work, put it together and market yourself as such um with and in addition to marketing yourself as a club band you don't need to wait until you achieve a certain level of success if that's something you want to do just head right in man do it do your research and, and get it done and to your point you you need you also need a good wedding specific video that showcases what you guys you know can do yeah maybe maybe not i mean in the band i played in last year we didn't have a video Right. So, you know, if you want to A-B it, you can go to thewisenheimers.com and you can check it out. We have a party video, party band video with, you know, a bunch of tunes up there. And then we have a, a more of a wedding specific video right. with more wedding-esque songs. And if you look at them, they're, they're two completely different representations of the same band. Right. So, yeah, you just mar you want to market yourself for whatever kind of work you want to get. 
Yeah, and price yourselves accordingly so you don't price yourself out of the range, you know? Because, listen, if you're a full-blown wedding band and you do it every weekend and you're polished and you're pro and, you know, that's what you do, it, you're going to be asking a much different price tag than, you know, uh, a band that's playing four or five or six weddings a year to a more specific clientele. Right. You know, it's still more money than you're going to make than, you know, playing a bar or a private party. But, you know, you're not going to be in the $10,000 range unless you're a full-time wedding band. Right. Um, so you want to get started. You know, just get started. Um, um, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, don't worry about that you're not ready. Because if, 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 you know, take the right if steps. You, learn you'll to, never be ready. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but make sure you, you have the material that people want to hear at weddings. And, um, I, I you know, I was going to put together, I, I actually did put together a, a list of wedding songs, like staple wedding songs that people should know. And I've never actually published it, but I should do that. Um, because you can touch on that in the coming episodes. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to, I actually have the list, so I'm going to publish it and, um, so as a resource for people, um, cause it's a no brainer to a lot of people, but maybe people like, um, Dan that are trying to break into the market don't specifically know these songs that, that should be known to, to play in weddings. So, I, um, I'll probably do that soon. And hey, pretend like you're a bride and groom getting married and go Google and go look at the videos and go see what else is out there. You right. know, and you want, you re like with the band I was in, I, I don't know how you guys do it, but we had a, an extensive list of songs to, for people to choose from. And people would go on the website that were interested in booking the band and they would pick the songs that they wanted. If they wanted to pick, basically pick our set list, um, they could do that. Um, and you know, people would generally pick specific songs for the, the uh, the, the dance, like you said, the the dance that you did uh, with everybody coming in, and then the father daughter, and it, a lot of times they'll and oh, and you, mm -hmm. there's always specifics that they you know they, they're going to ask you to learn. Yeah, and you'll have to learn them. It's a lot of work, man. If you want to play in a wedding, man, as as far as being a musician, it's a lot of work because you have to keep learning new songs. So um, if that's something you like to do, um, then go for it. Um, I really enjoyed it. It's a challenge. Um, to stay on top of it all and um, you know but it's good for you as a musician I think oh just your exposure to all the different genres and tempos and you know it's it's so much fun and it's such a great you know uh, it, it builds you as a person and a musician totally you know it's a different it's a whole different mindset right um, so we're, we're we're 10 minutes over an hour here but I do want to finish his questions here because this is good stuff um and the last one he said is other marketing approaches I'm not thinking of. Um, I'd like to get in city events, festivals, corporate events, etc. And I'm not sure where to get started about that. What are your thoughts on booking agents? So those are really two different questions. Um, as far as city events, um, festivals, corporate events, it, for me, dude, and you've probably had a similar experience. The way I've found to get gigs, get work, is to just be out there meeting people and networking and exchanging numbers and having a drink together and um, expressing the interest in what you want to do. Get it out there. Whatever you are looking to accomplish, let people know. Um, people get excited. Um, and if you're really good, people will be excited for you and they will, they will try to help you achieve your goal. Um, I've, it's happened to me countless times. Um, well, to your point too, you know, if you play in corporate events, 
once you get into a certain circle of people, you know, then the word of mouth also helps, you know, tremendously that way too. Right. And you don't have to sell anything because you just played so-and-so's corporate event and now they were there or they're partners with their company or someone else told them how great it was and, you know, this is, you know, what do you guys charge and you know what you already charged at the other gig and then you can kind of use it as a barometer and, you know, the price should always be the price, right? There's really not a sliding scale. Otherwise, you're not doing it justice to yourself. If the band's worth X amount of money, it's X amount of money all the time. Now, granted, you're going to make less money at a bar than you are at a private party, but you need to have your, your, your price points, right? You need to have your bar price point. You need to have your private party price point. But to his to his question, between do, booking it yourself or an agency, I mean, they're two different animals, but they both have pros and cons, right? I mean, you, you've lived through both. Sure, yeah. Yeah, booking agent, um, a lot of the work is put on that person's shoulders, and you don't have to worry about it um, as far as getting gigs. But then you have to pay for it, you know, monetarily. You you have to give a percentage of your take from a gig to your booking agent. That's generally how it's worked for me. That's the way it always works, right, with an agent. Yeah. The only question is, is it exclusive or will they partner up with you, so to speak? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because Blanky might have a good following going and they may have their own little business, you know, and then they may want to supplement their gigs through a booking agency and, you may find an agency that's willing to do that to say, you know, I'll throw you guys some gigs and I'll just make some money on the top of it. You know, he'll set up the the, the price of the band and then pay everybody accordingly. But you'll make more money if you book it yourself. It just depends how much you want to play. I know in the past when we had agencies, sometimes we were playing, you know, eight times a month, nine times a month. Right. You know, I mean, they can definitely throw a lot of work your way. You're getting paid less, but you're playing a lot more. Right. And some booking agent, agents are shady. Um, I've worked with shady ones. So um, you definitely want to do as much research on the person um, and their experience as you can. Um, ask a lot of questions if you want to work with a booking agent um, and try to be as involved as you can. Uh, but if you want to book it yourself, it is a lot of work. It's it's a lot of phone calls, a lot of emails, um, and a lot of your time taken out maybe away from working on the show so um yeah like you said there's pros and cons with either one so it's whichever works best for you in the situation you're in yep and always read the contract very carefully yes. to understand what it is that you're signing and if you don't understand it you know bring it to someone who can help you yes so uh i, I mean excellent I, i'm very impressed with this guy man i gotta say yeah, like I said, this is this is great, man. It just shows you that the excitement and the passion and the inspiration to do it, you know, and the enthusiasm and the engagement of all these guys to, you know, they're they're pumped to do it, which is going to come through in their performance. So they're already way ahead of the game because they have that positive energy behind them. Yeah. So I, I, very good stuff, man. Thank you, Dan, again for f sending this and for uh, listening to the show and and being a part of this experience. I think this is really good stuff. I, I think this will teach a lot of people and help a lot of people in their journey with little parts of things that we are talking about. So I hope uh, Dan will keep us in the loop and um, show us uh, some video of his band. And Yeah, this is going to be interesting and, and exciting to follow you know, over the course of the next year or so, right, to see where, where it, what it develops into and where it takes them. Yeah. 
yeah, so uh, it's it's really exciting to be a part of that. It's awesome. Thanks, Dan. Awesome. Thanks, Dan. All right, so uh, we are, wow, 75 minutes, an hour 15. As always, an awesome show. Cover band set to more whiz than dumb. Uh, Facebook.com slash Coverband Central. Tony. Weisenheimer.com. Weisenheimer's, theweisenheimers.com. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening. Peace. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.